Hi, and welcome to Financial Freedom Through Property. In this podcast, you're going to learn all the insider secrets to becoming a full-time property investor. You're going to learn about the mindset of an investor, different strategies that you can employ. You're going to learn about the buy and hold, buy and sell strategies. We're going to unpack the different prop tech tools available to you to make you more efficient and to give you that competitive edge. You're going to learn about student accommodation, multi-lets and the cash flow cows that allow you to reach retirement a lot earlier than you're anticipating. I'm your host, Lawrence Bull, author of Financial Freedom Through Property. Let's jump right in. Let's look at the next strategy, which is probably my favorite strategy, cash flow. Now, cash flow in the property investment game is essentially the buy and hold strategy. So you buy a property and you hold it. Now, the only way that this this strategy makes sense is if the income you receive from your asset is greater than the expenses on a monthly basis. So let's say that you've got a nice little property, your rental is 10,000 Rand, uh, your levies are 3,000, your rates and taxes are 2,000, and your bond is 6,000. Right? Now the income coming in is 10,000, your expenses being your levies, rates and taxes, and your bond is 11,000. That means that your income is less than your expenses. You're losing a thousand rand per month. In the property game, we call that a thousand rand negative cash flow. Now, the key concept that I like to teach and what my my book, Financial Freedom Through Property, is all about is about buying positive cash flowing properties, which means the income you receive is greater than your monthly expenses. It becomes a passive income, and with enough passive income, you become financially free. You don't have to work, you choose to work. Great. So, couple of key things that we need to look at here. My first rule when looking at the cash flow strategy is it must make positive cash flow from day one. If it makes you a negative cash flow, it means it's making you poorer every single month. Don't invest in it. Rather, leave your money in a bank account, whatever it may be. Now, sometimes you can look at a cash flow strategy and it depends on your gearing, right? It depends on how big a loan you've taken on that property. Perhaps when you're getting a 90% loan, 90% of the value loaned, you know, your bond repayments might be so high that it kills the deal. You might then have to look at a 70% loan, which means reducing the loan you get from the bank, reducing the bond repayments that you have, which means your expenses are reduced, which means your cash flow could increase. But this is where you also again have to look at the return on investment. There's no point in putting all of your cash into a property just to make it cash flow positive, but then actually the return on the money you've invested is sitting at 3%. You might as well leave it at the bank where you're getting a 6 7%. This is where I'd recommend you go and check out mypropertyapp.online. I'll put a link to it in the comments below, which is a tool that helps you analyze deals and, and gives you accurate return on investment um, calculations so that you can make an informed decision. My preferred return on investment is a 12% minimum when looking at the buy and hold strategy. Now, when you're looking at the buy and hold, a lot of people think that you have to buy a house and rent it out to a tenant, which is very true. That's the buy to let strategy. But if you want to make a little bit more money or you want to get better returns in, in the cash flow game, you need to start looking at multiple tenants. Now, this is where it gets key. We call this multi-letting. So imagine you've got um, you know, a block of flats with 10 tenants in there, you're gonna get a much higher return on investment than you would if you were to focus on a one house, one family situation. Or you buy a nice big house, five bedrooms, and then you rent out each bedroom to a person or to a family. You can increase your rental without without uh, really increasing your expenses. A great example and a great need within South Africa of multi-letting is student accommodation. 
You know, if you can buy a five-bedroom house in Brixton or in Woodstock or in, an, in an, any area that is within walking distance of a university, you can convert that big house into five student rooms where you can put two beds in each room, charging three to four thousand rand per bed. Um, so there's a great initiative and, and a great opportunity within student accommodation. And if you are interested in student accommodation, go check out NSFAS. NSFAS, NASFAS, is a um, government body that is funding students, um, accommodation, books, anything to get previously disadvantaged people into um, uh, tertiary education. So go check out their website. They talk about what the criteria is for you to be registered as a student accommodation provider. Great way for you to get into student accommodation and also to get those you know, great returns. Now, just as we end this um this podcast off, I just want to talk about the two key things that you have to keep in mind and the two areas where, where most people, you know, get stuck in the game of buy to hold. The one is you have to manage your running costs. Now, your running costs are things like your rates and taxes, your levies, your water, your electricity. Now, specifically, water and electricity are two key ones because it's all consumption based, right? Now, when you're looking at, for example, student accommodation, in the winter months, your electricity costs are going to go up because students are using more electricity. They're using more heaters and stoves and etc. to keep warm. Now, you need to put some rules in place to make sure that you manage that because, you know, if they overdo their electrical consumption, you're going to start losing money. Now, this is where prepaid electricity meters are really important. Same with water. If water consumption goes up, it means your expenses go up. It means your cash flow goes down. So you have to manage your running costs like you would manage a business. You have to keep it under your revenue. Otherwise, you start to lose money. The second key thing is provisions. Now, provisions are things is when you put money aside for a rainy day. Now, there are two key provisions that you need to look out for. The one is a maintenance provision and the other one is a vacancy provision. Now, a maintenance provision basically means that you're going to put five or 10 percent of your rental income aside every month into some sort of savings account so that when you have to pay for a renovation, you've got the money available. Let's say that uh, your geezer bursts or um, a door handle breaks or there's a big storm and, and the electrical circuit gets fried. You can then tap into this allocation of money that you've put aside and use that to do the renovation. So my recommendation is between 5 and 15% maintenance cost that you have to put aside every month into a savings account that you can use on a rainy day. The second one is vacancy. Now, the reality is your property is not going to be fully tenanted all year round. There are going to be lean months. There are going to be bad months. For example, in, in student accommodation, students don't usually rent between you know, mid-December to mid-Jan. There's usually two months of the year that they don't rent while they're on holiday, which means you're effectively receiving a 10-month rental, not a 12-month rental. So you've just got to make sure that you've also putting a little bit of money aside every month for those lean months. You know, when you're looking at the buy to let, you're probably looking at like a 5% per month vacancy provision you have to put aside. For multi-let, you're looking at anywhere between 10 and 20%. Student accommodation is more on the 20% side uh, because of those two months that are almost guaranteed empty. So that is pretty much what the cash flow game is all about. It's making sure that your income is greater than your expenses. It needs to make um, a positive cash flow from day one. If you want to have better returns, go towards a multiple um, tenant situation. Make sure to manage your running costs. 
specifically electricity and water, and then put aside at least 5% provisions for maintenance and at least 5 to 15 or 20% for vacancies, depending on the strategy that you've used. This might sound complicated, but go and check out mypropertyapp.online, the video tutorials where we unpack all of these different strategies in a lot more detail. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and if you want to find out more, go check out the website www.mypropertyapp.online. Alternatively, go and get my book, Financial Freedom Through Property. It's at Exclusive Books or on my website at www.laurencebull.com. That's L-A-U-R-E-N-S-B-O-E-L.com. Until next time, happy investing.